Welcome to Truly Rotten Potatoes, Australia's toughest podcast, where every episode we watch one of the movies from Wikipedia's list of films that have 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, We can't say the word tomatoes anymore because we've been uh, legally told not to. But I'm here, Declan. I've got my co-host, as usual, with me. Hayden's here. What's up? It's your boy, Hayden. Mitch Gosling is here. I came. I'm here. Morgan Quinn is here. I come in spinner. And we've got a guest ready. He just drove up in a red Chevy. When it comes to women, I'd bet many that he gets plenty. It's two-time ARIA award-winning Seth Sentry. Bam, bam, bam. Sprayed in the air like Glenn 20. Hi, man. Oh. <laughs> How you guys going? Oh, dude, we're going so well. We're in Canberra. You're in Melbourne. We're yep. somehow making it work. I was trying to think of some some clever rap names on the way over here today. Oh, we've Morgan, got a, don't. We've got a Seth Century, which I just learnt was not spelt how I thought it was. So I went with Declan Decade. Uh, I went with um, uh, Mitch... Millennium. Millennium. Of course. Uh, I like that. I'm Morgan Month. And And of course, it's me, Hayden Helicopter. (laughs) Yeah. But then. Very good. You can have Morgan Freestyle. It's also good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Ah, Freestyle. Freestyle. Morgan Freestyle. But yeah, then then I learned that Century was actually spelt like Seth Century Gun, and that kind of made all those. It's the same spelling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is? No, it's like a Century Gun. Yeah, Yeah. Century Gun. Yeah, yeah. Right. But not Century like a hundred years. No. No. (laughs) No. That's Century. Century. Exactly. Yeah, so that's where I went wrong. So we watched uh, a movie from, I think, 2007. It's called Red Lion. It's basically a car racing Fast and the Furious ripoff. Yeah. Seth, what would you say is just like the one-line plot to this movie? Um, fuck. It's pretty. Con- it's actually pretty convoluted. I think they could have kept it a little bit more simple than this. There's a lot of moving parts. Moving vehicles? Do you know what? The, the actual plot is about... It's really about the, that horribly uncharismatic millionaire trying to avoid trying to pay his debt off to some other mob boss who you never really meet aside from a few shots towards the end. That's amazing. Like, otherwise, what is the plot? Girl meets boy, I guess, kind of? Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, car... Uh, car, car meets car, boy. Car go fast. Car go fast, meet um. boy. <laughs> car go too fast. Car go slow. Uh, boy meets car, car, cargo. Yeah. Okay. So, something along those lines. And then the mob, the mob stuff happens after the car meets car. Does that sound right? I guess it's. There's so much, including the fact that she's got a. She's also a singer as well as a. Yeah. She's a fantastic <laughs> mechanic slash racer slash singer, and it's about her band getting signed as well. <laughs> there's so much. She's the perfect girl. She really She's is. She's like everything you look for. Yeah. If you saw that on a Tinder bio and it just said like incredible mechanic, speed racer, and also sings in rock band, you'd be like, all right, I'm swiping whichever swipe is the good swipe. I think it's up. All right, yeah. Swipe up. Yeah. Right? I didn't have time. I didn't watch it. What, <laughs> what's it, what is it called? It's called Redline. It's, it's called Redline. Mm. It's like Fast and the Furious. But, well, they say the word fast a lot at the, at the start, if you notice. There's like, <laughs> like the, in fact, I think like the eighth or ninth word is fast. So they know what mm. they're doing. Well, the, the, the name of this movie, Redline, I thought that this was going to be a, a live action uh, adaptation of the um, anime Redline, which is really good. They worked for like 20 years on it. It's not that. They just took the name of the original script for Fast and the Furious, which was Redline, and <laughs> made oh, this. Yeah. Incredible. Okay. Yeah. It's very bad. It's not great. At what point did it lose you? Uh, um, when, I, when you messaged me and said, how far are you through it? And I had <laughs> 30 minutes to go. That seemed like purgatory. Both me and my girl were watching it. We enjoyed... The first 20 minutes was jokes because it was just obviously a piece of dog shit. And we're like, this is kind of funny. And then it just was very sad. It's that experience that makes this Australia's toughest podcast. Hardest podcast. It was, it was a real slog towards the end. I wanted everyone to die. <laughs> no one no one really died in this. Do you know the crazy thing? No one died except for random people in that first street race. Civilians' cars got hit and they never mentioned that. <laughs> one guy died, right? And it was the blonde brother of Nathan Phillips, the Australian actor in Who, this movie. Can we say he was the worst part of the movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think this was the same year as Snakes on a Plane or maybe the year after that. So he's hot off... <laughs> Hot yeah. of snakes. He has coming into zero this. charisma. That it, it was a tie between him 
and the fucking millionaire kind of bad boss guy with the horrible suit who for some reason when he lost all his money started dressing like the scarecrow from Wizard of Oz for no <laughs> reason it was a tie between the two of them for least charisma and least amount of dialogue that you could understand did, it, did you guys have a problem with understanding dialogue in this movie were they whispering a lot and mumbling I think it's like a mixture of like poor ADR and then just like we're trying to patch together. It felt like a patch together movie. Like yeah. none of the conversations really line up. You've got, you know, no no charisma. And I, I don't think either of the, the main characters really have anything. No, no I thought she was fine. She, she she was doing what she could with yeah. what she had. She's a soap opera actress that, oh. that was dating the producer who bankrolled this whole movie. Okay. I'll get into that later because there's a good section on the Wikipedia about the making of this movie and the legacy it left. And it ties into the 2008 financial crash really well. Good. But basically, he put her in the movie as a way of being like, let's sh- let's get you out of soap operas and into like big feature films. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she certainly looks out of place, doesn't she? She looks like she's come from a soap opera. Mm. And I guess she's also probably a singer in real life. And he was like, we'll showcase everything you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ones, yeah. We'll put a juggling scene in there, you know. <laughs> I quite like, I, I agree with what you're saying that the, the first 20 minutes or so was fun, right? Like, for sure. It was oh, this yeah. sort of quick, like, whip round of like, here's Johnny. He drives a car quickly. Here's Sammy. She's got the brains. You know what the opening felt like to me? It felt like a Kristen Bell gossip girl voiceover. Mm. And I was like, who's doing this voiceover? Because she's introducing all these other characters way before she shows up. And she's just like, he's the, the bad guy. He's the hot guy. And then finally she introduces... None of them like, were the, the hot guys, by the way. There's, this, for, for such a horny movie, uh, there was a distinct lack of hunks. But like, I'm completely desensitized to tits and ass now after that film. Like, it did nothing for me. I thought you were going to just say, because you got so much as yeah, a rapper. Right. No, bro, there were scenes where like... The brother, when the brother died, he died and he's on a stretcher and then it cuts to two hot chicks with their tits out crying. And it's like, even the grief <laughs> scenes have cleavage. I was trying to do like a, like a boobs per minute. I'm like, man, like every section of this frame has been filled with like, uh, it's got some models in this Fast corner. Cars. It's unbelievable. A woman licks a motorbike. In one oh, scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And in this COVID day and age, that just isn't sanitary. It's, it's unsafe. Yeah, I agree. Is that what BPM stands for? Boobs yeah, per yeah, minute. Boobs per minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did this not know that. Scored like an 85% on that. Um, I did want to mention there was, a, there was a lot of vests. There was a lot of fedoras in this movie. Too many fedoras. I noticed that as well. The, the first gang, Eddie Griffin's gang. By the way, Eddie Griffin was yeah. fucking dope in this. I thought he was yeah. like... Eddie Griffin. Great. Shout out. That guy's he, awesome. Uh, his gang had two fedoras and a beret. <laughs> <laughs> I loved... So, so the, the, the main protagonist, this woman who's a mechanic and can also drive cars really quickly, but she doesn't drive cars quickly anymore because her dad died in a car accident. Right. And so she keeps a shrine of the car that he died in. <laughs> that's pretty fucking great. Yeah. yeah, that's like keeping half a half-eaten cheeseburger that your dad had a heart attack eating. You know, <laughs> there's a deleted scene at the end. Uh, it's not in the the copy you guys watched, but um, just before she goes into that final race, she pours his ashes into the fuel tank, and it actually <laughs> makes true? the cut. No, that would be amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm fucking I'm with, with that. <laughs> it would be. Uh, but what I really liked costume-wise is so she's in a band, and it's 2008, and the band they're all like English dudes. They're wearing the the fedora hat, the button-down shirt, the like belt over the top of like the button-down shirt. The vest hor- as well. Yeah, oh, it was horrible. Something about just jamming at like a like a mechanic shop as well yeah. is just weird. You're like, oh, we got band practice. I'm inviting the guys over. I'm fixing cars, but we're gonna do this in between. That mechanic also, when she goes out on the track to drive Eddie Griffin around, um, there's another man on the track. What? How long was he doing that, and why was he doing that? <laughs> <laughs> True. That's right. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of open scenes. I really like like any scene with uh, I guess her di- stepdad. What? What's, yeah. I yeah. Guess it's yeah. That was the stepdad, right? Right. Right. And he's just happily smiling. Like he, he was great. He no real. I love him. 
<laughs> so he was the hunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the hot guy. There's something really funny about like one of those classic kind of CIA movies where it's like, I'm not coming out of retirement. And they're like, come just do one last job. And you're like, oh, but I'm just really good at driving. And I still work at a mechanic place, but I just won't drive anymore. That only works if you're not doing the thing that you love. So you're kind of depressed and you're like drinking a bottle of whiskey. But she was fine. She had a very successful mechanics and she was a, an excellent singer with a with a a band that were well on their way to the top. So what yeah. was the drama? Like she didn't need to drive. <laughs> so she was happy to drive. She just wasn't happy to be in a race. So there are scenes where she's like driving at breakneck speed where she could very easily die. But as long as it's not a race, she's not betraying <laughs> the memory of her father somehow. Right, interesting. But what convinces her is like, I guess Eddie Griffin is like, I'll pay you millions of dollars. And she's like, no. And he's like, but I'll give you a record contract. And she's like, oh, sweet. Yeah, fine. I'll do it. <laughs> she said, oh, well, she, yeah, she's like, I'll think about it. And then the next shot, she's on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> are, they, are they trying to kill somebody? Is that No, what? they're just literally trying to race. So the, the movie starts off with Eddie Griffin and Angus McFadden, who's Robert the Bruce uh, in Braveheart and also uh, the main guy in Saw 4. Yeah. And, and he's like an he's like an eccentric millionaire. They're having uh, bets over car races, and so is it this, starts. Wait, is this the bad Gerard Butler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like a he's like a fatter, sloppier Gerard Butler, and he's also Scottish. And so um, the movie starts with Eddie Griffin making a bet with this guy about this blonde guy I think called Jake, and they're like, "Can you do this race? You got an hour and a half to get from." Is it LA to Vegas or something? Which is he, not he definitely should get to Vegas. That's too much time to be interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If two yeah. minutes. An, okay, an I'm fucking in. It was an hour and forty five <laughs> minutes. It's like who gives a fuck? Is that fast? But then he goes, That's a four hour drive. So you know that it's gonna be fast. Anyway, this blonde guy Jake, the opening credits is basically him doing this race. He makes it so Angus McFadden wins all this money. The night vision goggles were dope. That was yeah, sick. That was yeah. sick. Yeah. And he and, and they do this scene where like he drives past a police officer who's like, oh shit, who's parked on the side of the road or pulling someone else over and then has to like a state trooper who has to follow them. And they do the exact same thing at the end of the movie to just perfectly bookend like this masterpiece. So is it all set within that hour and 45 Not minutes? Not at all. No, that, that's no. the first like three minutes of the movie. That would be good. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if it was booth. all, yeah, if it's all, what do they call that? Where it's like the exact... Real time. It's 24. Yeah. What, what did he deliver? Well, he was delivering... Yeah, what, drugs? Viagra. Viagra. Uh, yeah, no, it's to, Viagra. This, to this Vegas millionaire who's like about to As bone play, this chick. Played by the guy who is the fake Mike Brady. No, the fake Carol's fake husband in the Brady Bunch movie 2. Ah. <laughs> who's that guy? The guy with the, wow. the horse. Yeah. He's the guy he's who wants to get guy. the horse. I like that guy. I can't think of what he's else from he's, from. He's, 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 he's from Drop Dead Fred. He's in Drop Dead Fred. He's in the West as well. All right. Anyway. So, Hayden, this movie had some breakbeat in it. Oh, yeah. So, did you like the soundtrack? Um, yeah. From time to time, <laughs> I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the breakbeats. I, I, I don't know if this is just like the way the film is, but my copy had all the dialogue in the right ear. It, same. Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah, well, there you no, go. That. So, did you experience that, Seth? Well, did we're you? watching on a television and we uh -huh. couldn't understand any of the dialogue. From, but from specific... She was fine. But Gerard Butler mm. was impossible to understand. <laughs> and Eddie Griffin was very charismatic. And we could tell that he was riffing, but we didn't know what he was saying either. And then the Australian guy just had no dialogue. So that was probably the easiest to understand. Yeah, he, I think he, he had was, four lines. He's Jason Bourne. He doesn't like talking. Yeah, let's no. talk about that. So Nathan Phillips from, from Wolf Creek shows up. He's the brother of the blonde car racer guy. And he's he's in the army and he's just come back from, I guess, a deployment in like uh, Iraq or Afghanistan or something. Where he learned how to use C4. Yeah, that which is important, <laughs> right? So his brother picks him up, who's like the hotshot blonde car race guy. And they they have a small talk before there's an altercation like how seth how would you describe this altercation with this ridiculous <laughs> what i can't actually even remember how i, I just finished it and i've forgotten how it starts oh the guy wants the car he wants his car right yeah that's right they're, they're having like a pretty jovial conversation about it at first but it quickly becomes like i'm gonna rob you yeah yeah and then soldier boy throws a throw he threw a lot of his basic, his basic go-to move, it seemed, when it came to combat, was throwing things. Because he threw a cup at one man and then 
later in the movie that switched to vases and chairs and <laughs> none of the fights in this movie seem necessary. The, the fight at the pub seemed this unnecessary. One especially wasn't. And so uh, Mitch had set this up um, to me as being a remake of an anime, which it turns out it was not. But so I'm watching it through the lens of, well, if this was animated and it was more like hyper over the top, I kind of get where this is going. And this is kind of funny, but now I find out that it's just a fucking stupid movie. No, no it just sucks. <laughs> so, so basically the, the sunglass blonde guy pulls up in his red Ferrari to pick up his brother from the airport. This Asian guy comes up and is like, nice car. And then he's like, thanks and then they basically get into this fight where he like shows a gun and he's like maybe give me that car and then i think he has maybe like three guys with him and nathan phillips goes into like soldier and just starts yeah they get into a stupid fight and then win and maybe like a car chase as well or no i can't remember there's so many uh, like small car chases this time that's maybe one of the only times there's not a car chase whenever there's some conflict and he's yeah. using his native American, uh, Australian no, accent. He's doing an American <gasps> accent. But there is an Australian accent, I think, in the film. But I think that one is fake. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> the guy, the the racer that pretends to break his ankle. Oh, oh yeah. right, yeah. Doesn't he have an Australian accent, or is that British? I, yeah, it's so warbled. I, I, I have yeah, no it's bad. Idea. <laughs> and so Eddie Griffin plays like a music mogul, some, what's, like what's a puff his name? daddy. Oh, what is it? What's his name in this movie? Infamous. Oh, infamous. Yeah, infamous. So he's like like the record label, like Puff Daddy kind of used to be a rapper or whatever. He's the mogul. He knows the the main girl, the soap opera lady, because he's got her to spruce up his car for the low price of eight thousand dollars. Which that was a can I hey was is it just me or the amount of money being thrown away around too low to be interesting? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I think there's stakes. a there seems to be a problem with numbers because it's like an hour and forty five here, eight thousand dollars, eight thousand dollars, and they act like it's just a crazy amount. <laughs> yeah, but and then you got to remember later, the global financial crisis. Remember, no, no, that hadn't happened yet. That was oh, sorry, right my bad, about my bad. to happen. But then later they're playing. Car, so pre-race they're playing cards on the way there They bet $1.5 million Then they get to the race And they bet $1 million on the race Which is extremely anticlimactic yes, yes. And look I didn't see the movie But I'm assuming during that card game They were playing blackjack And people were scoring like 10s And the, and the dealer was like Whoa I'm out like Just across the board It was poker and The was like I'm, I'm not doing this anymore Take my money Take my $10 I just want to rewind for a second when the I can't remember the name of the main woman Natasha. Who, when Natasha is slowly going, she she's got the overdub of like going through and introducing all the characters. Yeah. When it finally gets to her, she goes, "And that's me, the girl next, next door, door." If you live next door to a racetrack, which I yeah. thought was and just, if that that girl next door was a, a great, fantastic singer and <laughs> an illegal street racer. Yeah. yeah do you exactly. remember? Do you remember how she introduces Nathan Phillips's army guy as well? No. She has a funny thing for him. She says, "The war hero who fights for what he believes in." Okay, so he does. So so he believes in, I guess, killing the Iraqi people. Sure. He, he was big on the Iraq War. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is it just that he joins wars and inserts his own values and like take, yeah. takes over the war and influences it? I, I just remembered, look, again, I, I can't re- I watched this a couple of weeks ago, so I can't remember the exact story beats, but there's one point where Infamous is flying in his private jet with like some, some sexy women. They're on the way to the race, right? So they're flying on the private jet to go to this race that he's employed the woman to race in. And like he starts having it off, like not having it off, have, having it out with, with, <laughs> yeah, with this, with, with this, with, this, with like, one of his, one of his women. Yeah. And they're like fighting and he's like, you know what, you know, you she suck. She was a stupid hoe. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't want to say it, but yeah. thank you. You've, you've broken the uh, cherry there. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, that's what she was to him. It right. Wasn't, it wasn't like a loving girlfriend. It was like one of many like women in bikinis that hug him on plane rides. Right. Yeah. And so he says, we're pulling the plane over and they pull the private jet <laughs> yeah, over and kick her off that was almost the best part of the movie yeah. i agree i love that <laughs> yeah. it needed more of that yes eddie griffin was like mm. yeah he, he owned every scene i really hoped he was like the main through yeah. guy but no he and i thought he was the villain for so long because he mm. was the one kind of like bl- like uh luring her into racing for him when she really he didn't want been. to yeah but he was 
about like, a villain. Just, just a, like a guy that was using her and paying her to do it and stuff. Like he wasn't bad or good. But yeah, this scene was so funny because it was like a transitionary scene that really didn't have to be in the movie at all. But you imagine that they started shooting it and then he's like improvising and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, what if I just get into a fight with one of the girls and break up with her? And then she's like, yeah, they pull the plane over and it shows like this really funny kind of like CGI <laughs> shot of the plane like landing on the ground in the middle of the desert and just like kicking this chick out. I loved it. I thought that was probably, yeah, the best scene. And I would love the idea that it was improvised and then the director went, fuck, now we have to actually do that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> It's believable. Well, what's the... I don't want to get into financial spoilers, but how much was this movie made for? $8,000. Whoa! <laughs> wow. I didn't realize they broke yeah. the bank on that. Well, I'll, f- I'll find the money. budget. I'll find the budget. Um, yeah, in the latter half of our podcast, Seth, we really go... Di- we do a deep dive into the financials. We spend about <laughs> half an hour breaking down spreadsheets and, and turns, all of this. So. It turns into an audit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this film was directed by like a stunty, a fight coordinator guy who'd done a lot of big films as a stunty, like Mission Impossible, a lot of Jackie Chan movies like Tuxedo. But this was his second film ever as a director and his last. What was his, wow. what was his first one? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, something even smaller than this. Um, something for $4,000. <laughs> yeah, there's also a weird scene where they're, they're at a rooftop bar after they've gone to Vegas and Nathan Phillips is there. He He's had no connection to the Natasha character, so they've been setting up that Natasha's going to potentially drive for Eddie Griffin, but her dad died in a car crash and she works at a thing. Nathan Phillips, her, her, his brother... No, is she a, wasn't going to drive. She was just going to play in the band. Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. She was there to just play. So yeah. he's like, yeah, he, at first she's like, I'm not going to drive. Just come. And then he's like, come to Vegas and play in the band and I'll pay you to do that. And that's how they kind of get her over there. And, and, the band, and that band's name was, is this a good name? Moving Violation. That was, that oh, was amazing. Fantastic. If you're into car racing, <laughs> yeah, like, sa- that makes it, sense. It sounds like it makes sense. What is a moving violation? <laughs> I think it's... It sounds like a car crime. Is that a car crime? Yeah, it's it sounds like crime. this film. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's when like a caravan goes into a car park where you're only allowed to be under a meter and a half, and it scrapes on the top. I think that's like a moving violation. Very specific. By the way, speaking of scraping, on when that car drives under the truck, what's the physics on that? That it scrapes underneath and then flies up into the air. <laughs> like as soon as it pops out, it is upside down, just yeah, yeah. hurtling through in slow motion, like a cork. Out of a champagne bottle. It's amazing. That's the thing I do love about a lot of the movies on this list. There's a lot of great um, car crashes that don't make sense. Things have to blow up. Yep. Uh, not to not to spoil anything ahead, but later in the movie when uh, uh, the blonde guy dresses terribly, he he uh, uh, in the race he he dies. But uh, I think right at the end he goes like, "I won!" and then it explodes. <laughs> oh and he, yeah, and the guy. <laughs> Falls down to his in this, knees in this rag doll way in that, slow motion. Yeah, that that was great. And literally I yells no to his knees. Yeah, his brother also cries a single tear before <laughs> the car explodes, which yeah was a great addition. So so sorry to, to skip ahead. to get to that sorry point. To spoilers. Yeah, um, uh, the the blonde guy is going to drive for Eddie Griffin, and the and the and the the blonde, net, the blonde guy was driving for Angus McFadden. Angus McFadden. Right, and then and then Eddie it's Griffin. His, that's his uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his uncle. And then somehow they like kidnap uh, Natasha's mom or something and can like convince her to they like she'll be safe if you race kind of thing, right? No, no, no. That race. No, yeah, I was just laughing. A line, a line that we loved was when um, more fat Gerard Butler says. Um, <laughs> If you're, if you win, your mum will be so safe. <laughs> Which She'll is, be so safe, yeah. safer than she's it ever been a, before. Such yeah. a funny reading. Like we'll give her back to you, covered in pillows and protective <laughs> vests. And stuff. So yeah, yeah, so safe. <laughs> they mean it in the British sense, like that's so yeah. safe. Oh, that's so Maybe, safe. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, the way she gets into that race is that. They trick her by the guy pretending to hurt his leg. Right, they're like the driver, like, like twisted his ankle or something. So we we need someone to race. But we are skipping over one of the pivotal scenes with uh, uh, a moving at, violation, right? Where they perform their hit song. Well, I don't know what the song's <laughs> called. Um, we don't it's know something what it's car related, like all of their fucking songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've got the lyrics here. Um, I didn't catch the first line, but 
She said, oh, the, the, the first line is, I want to be, be your car tonight. So you can take me for a ride and so you can grip me like your steering wheel. Just for tonight, I'm going to be tough like steel. I've got the bumper that you like. I got the kind of ring, the kind of rims that shine. You turbocharge me if you like it fast, because I'm the kind of car that's built to last. So beautiful lyrics. Fantastic, yeah, haunting. So Seth, (laughs) you you basically you're a lyricist as like that's your job. My trade. Well, don't put me after that. Yeah. Uh, Can you punch those up? No, that's such a weird (laughs) thing because I like I understand like the male version of a sexy car song where it's like I'm gonna ride you all night long, baby, and you get my motor revving and stuff. Like that's ACDC. All their songs are like that. And and it's like, are you having sex with a girl or a car? Because there's a fine line. But if you're the girl doing it and you're like, I am the car. Yeah, I am the car. Yeah, that's just such. Yeah, she was really anthropomorphizing the, the car itself i felt like this was about fucking an actual car. <laughs> yeah. she's like poisonous gas comes out my rear end yeah. fill me up with uh petroleum all that yeah. stuff i'm never late um you can <laughs> yeah, yeah. fry your eggs and bacon on your me your retro expires next month <laughs> I, and this song mesmerizes angus mcfadden who, yeah. who looks in her eyes and goes you could be my car tonight? <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. Well, she's yeah. asking for it, isn't it? Isn't she? With those kind of lyrics. Oh, my God. Can you imagine being in the band where you're Racy. like, does every <laughs> does every song we write have to be about car racing <laughs> stuff? Like, I know that's your job, but could we do just a, like a traditional love song or something? And she's like, no, my dad died doing this. And I'll, I'll <laughs> she keeps bringing up the fact that her dad died. Yeah, and they're like, somebody right, get yeah. in there. And they just don't yeah, even bring I, it up. I need to sexualize... Yeah. Uh, you know. She's got multiple issues coming out there. So so she's on this rooftop <laughs> in Vegas and she locks eyes with Nathan Phillips because they haven't met yet. They've had no connection. Oh, this is in the party. Mm. Yeah. I think this it, is just before It's in the a race, party yeah. scene. And then somehow that devolves into like, like there must be bad guys there. Some guy's like, hey, do you want to get up and dance with me? And she's like, no, thank you. And he's like, motherfucker, you dance and grabs oh. her and like pulls her up. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then that starts another car chase. Sure. So that, that one does end with, I guess, everybody running downstairs, getting in their cars and like speeding through the streets. Yeah, a lot of chairs, a lot of vases get thrown. Uh, I think he catches on, he jumps through like fire well, because and then as, like dive rolls off a roof. As we've already established, Mr. Army Man... Um, uh, fights for what he believes in or something yeah. So he had to defend her Yeah, That's right. yeah. So all the car races and car chases are organic Like, I mean, it sounds like that Well, it's like what would, it, what would happen in real life In real life, life. Yeah. 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 yeah, right Absolutely um, I just want to say, also, like So the NOS thing happens in this film That I think happens in Fast oh. and the Furious Where they press the NOS button And then it goes into the car And follows the NOS going through the <laughs> tubes um, and, and then the car it ignites explodes. and then it goes real fast. Is that is that a thing that happens in lots of other movies? That that, that feels like a know. trope. I only know it from Fast and the Furious and Gone in 60 Seconds maybe. Does that have Same a NOS thing happens. That has a NOS. Situation? Yeah. But and do we go inside the car? This is what I want yeah, to know. Yeah, we definitely so, go inside the car. Okay, so good. What happens is like, yeah, someone hits the NOS button. And if you've played a car racing video game, you know that, that might be a thing. If you don't, you go, well, what's the chemical composition <laughs> of what's going on here? Why? And then they're like, well, that's why we did the CGI yeah. 3D into the car through the pipes. And then David they're like, Fincher oh, now I understand. Kind of push yeah. in. Why? I don't Speaking want to do of, that. Okay, so that might have been necessary. Maybe. Let's give them that one. <laughs> why, what was up with the Lawnmower Man-esque CGI <laughs> during every race? There was a... There was the real race that we were watching, but then there was also bad 3D oh, yeah, models yeah, yeah, of the yeah. cars happening on the screen. There was like a Mario Kart racetrack with with yeah. the, with your people on the so that the, the millionaires could see where they were on the race. Right? There was like up yeah, on the up on the big screen was like. The, so, but the, so the big screen is the race. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but think about it: if you were doing like an hour and a half long race, and it's not around a track, it's from somewhere down to Las Vegas. How do you track that? Are you just like have a camera at the finish line to see if he made it? Or are you waiting for a call? Like you have no well, idea. Well, I mean, he gets the Viagra. You yeah. Got the, you got the Viagra. But you're sitting there for an hour and a half being like, well, I hope he makes it. I think it's all done yeah. on the honor system. <laughs> it's just, I made it first. All right. There are a lot of impossible shots where mm. there would be like a camera in front and all the millionaires be watching the cars coming towards them. And you think, where is the camera in this? Do you think that helicopter that was in a lot of the shots mm. was there to just shoot the film and they were like, 
the camera keeps getting yeah. in shot. Let's just, <laughs> you know, let's just use it. So yeah, they do this. They do the big race, the proper one, which is Natasha versus blonde uh, brother of Nathan Phillips. That um, I'm, I'm, I wrote down some notes here. So this one's over. Uh, Angus McFadden bets four platinum bars because uh. he doesn't have cash for a total of five point two million against Infamous's three million dollars. So they're throwing down some real money, right? But it's not enough. <laughs> but McFadden <laughs> also says, "I want the the driver if she wins, like not to anyone who has ownership over no. her, but just like if she wins, I'm keeping her for myself, kind of thing." And and the without the, telling her, the goal of Infamous is like, "Yeah, okay, sure." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, she's yours. <laughs> Whatever you want." That was yeah. That was the easiest bet for Eddie Griffin to make because he's only just met. Her, I don't know why yeah. he had saying that. He's like, yeah. she fixed my car yeah. once, I guess. So practically, I own her. Um, and then, and then, so yeah, they he they have a real race driver who who fakes an ankle injury, so he gets her, he convinces her to race, and what he promises her isn't a million dollars; it's three hundred thousand dollars and a recording contract. Mm. So, Which like, could be billions. Yeah, oh yeah. The recording contract could be billions, could be worth billions of dollars. Yeah. Have you heard? She, she's like, we're going to be so successful that three hundred k that I get is going to look like peanuts. You know, in a few years, cars will come out. She could do the the the, the songs. Yeah, she yeah. Could do the anyway, they have the race. It ends badly for the guy, the brother. The car crashes. He he goes, I won. He gets burned alive, blows up. Nathan Phillips runs to the ground, like knees hit the ground, arms in the air, does a long. Um, bird's eye view no which mm. is like I love yeah so I funny loved. So it was funny. very Willem Dafoe yeah <laughs> my girlfriend ran into the room she's like you're laughing maniacally yeah. and I'm like <laughs> oh, no. but then he also screams I'll kill you <laughs> yeah. and you don't really know who like the is car it, exploded. Yeah, he, he wants to. He wants he to seek revenge on the car. Oh yeah, he's, he's angry. He's car, angry yeah. at the nos because it was the nos. <laughs> yeah, was it? Was it the uncle's fault? Did the uncle make him put the nos in the car? Was that established? Did I miss that. He he just put too much pressure on the kid, and that <laughs> is a death sentence. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. I'll kill you, Uncle Nos. Because the the way Morgan, the way that the he dies is he presses the nos button. The, the car gets so much speed that the front of it lifts off the ground and it flies up into the air and backflips on top of itself, right? Yeah, something, something, something like, like that. that. Too much and noise. slides Too much along noise. the roof to win the race, yeah. which I liked. And, uh, yeah. and Nathan Phillips' response to this is literally, he calls up an old army buddy and who has like a massive black market storage of like automatic That's weapons. Right. One of my favourite scenes. And, I don't and know he just why starts like loading up guns. So the movie's not over yet. Oh no, this is like halfway through. Like the set, yeah. Now we've got a new story. Like the, the, the main race was halfway but through. But that's the big race. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, how does how does the There's woman get knocked out? Well. The, the woman <laughs> somehow gets There's knocked out. There's too many races because she wakes up. Okay, in the crash, she gets knocked out. She wakes up in the bed of Angus McFadden, aka Fat Gerard Butler, and she's like, "Where the fuck am I?" At I which think point that's, like, that's the turning point. Yeah, where you're this like, is where it I gets. I do not like what's yeah. happening. <laughs> he's nah. he's kind of like stroking her hair, oh, or just being like, "Oh, I'm so glad you're all right." And Declan, you, you don't she, have to actually stroke <laughs> my. Hair. No, it's just fine. Just over and knows how creepy it was. Oh, it's for the okay. That's fine. Yeah, but. She's she she's never met this guy. She has no idea who this guy is, right? She has no connection to him. He's the guy that bet against her to win. But she spoke to his soul. He was <laughs> like, "You will be my car yeah. forever." Yeah, I mean, he he knows she can race. He knows she can sing. He knows she's the perfect woman. So now he's got an army buddy who has rifles, and he's got access to those rifles, yeah. and he wants to kill Uncle Nos. Yes. Yeah. And so you get this, this, this is where the two stories collide, right? So Natasha has woken up in Angus McFadden's house and she's like, okay, like, what the fuck am I doing here? Did I get drugged? Have I like, who knows? I'm just going to go like to the bathroom. And she's like creeping down the stairs and there's all these armed guards in the house that are kind of like, you're not leaving. And at the same time, Nathan Phillips like is creeping around the house with his guns ready snap to like next. yeah to like <laughs> like yeah snap and security guard next and then they run into each other and he's like oh i guess i'll save you you look like you should not be here either like i was going to go so kill So he kind of just people. gives up on the plan right yeah. he rocks up and goes oh i'm horribly unequipped to do this let's <laughs> get the fuck out also why does she change this is a small detail but why does she 
sneak into a room, change <laughs> her shirt, and then come back out again. Was that a, meant to be a disguise? It was terrible. <laughs> it doesn't work on literally anybody. Well, the other thing is that he goes in there with like two semi-automatics and like grenades and he's fully loaded. No, I don't think a single person none of gets it. shot in this movie. No, he throws a vase. He throws a vase <laughs> at one. <laughs> oh, the creepy thing, the creepy thing that Angus McFadden says when she wakes up in his bed, he goes, you're not going to disappoint me, are you? And then she also, he also goes on to say, I'm completely dedicated to you. So that's, yeah. That's a lot of pressure. His whole vibe was like, I'm making this up on the spot. Because there was also <laughs> this weird choice that they never really leaned into where he had this kind of um, Eastern kind of like spirituality yeah. thing going on where he had a, like a bunch of like bikini chicks doing yoga on the front lawn and mm. yeah. he said a lot of, he was like against worldly possessions sometimes. Right, yeah, yeah. But then okay. also had platinum bars. <laughs> Well, as as, and bought as, women. <laughs> as soon as he had Natasha, he could just go out the back, dress up like you know uh, the the end of Godfather, where he's like really old, just kind of in a robe and just burning cash. But why? Like he's still competing in these races, which he still has to bet. Well, no, that was the counterfeit. There was a whole oh. another story where he tried to pay back a mob. He like loan ripped off a guy. Money. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I missed that. It was, I was lost in the source. So, so Angus McFadden has like either a guy who's a boss or who's bankrolling him. The person he got that Viagra to who like owns the cars, who owned the red Ferrari that got exploded. And he's the one we see playing poker. And then he wins $1.5 million of a hand. And he's like, ah, oh, I can, you know, get a new Ferrari now. Like they just got destroyed. So they go to a casino? Is that. No, nah, it's uh, just like a high stakes, like backroom poker thing. Because I reckon you put a casino in any movie, I'm interested. Yeah. Like straight away. For most, sure. Most interesting location. But every hand. But I'm interested in, in car racing. This was the least <laughs> interesting car racing I've ever yeah. seen. In movies, every poker hand comes down to like the final card in the river or whatever. It's never just like. Oh yeah, I had pocket aces from the start. Like I won this hand easily. <laughs> it's always like I've got nothing. Oh, but if I just bet everything on this, the the chance that I get like a royal flush, and then they always happen. That's what happens. Wouldn't that be a cool movie though? Like a James Bond movie where you can see from the very beginning he's got a royal flush. Mm-hmm. The music's very tense, but we as viewers know like he's got this in yeah. the back. And that sort of reduces the anxiety on you as a viewer, yeah. which I think <laughs> yeah. is calming because you yeah. know sometimes I get a bit stressed out in these high stakes situations. <laughs> Um, it comes out that Martin McFadden, what the fuck's his name? Angus guy's? McFadden. Angus McFadden's. Um, Jeff uh, from Saw. Jeff yeah. from Saw <laughs> owes. No, Morgan had a good name. Uncle Uncle Noss. Uncle, Uncle Noss. Noss. Yeah, Uncle Noss. Uncle Noss owes a bunch of money to some other mob boss, and yeah, and, and that's he's the like, all right, money stuff. Right, and, and I don't off. know if this is a joke, right? But there is a line where. Um, one of the one of his goons says like, "Hey, why don't we just counterfeit more money?" And he says, "Counterfeit machine is broke. We can't fit print more money." Is that a real line from the? Did I imagine? Do you that? think I there's like... a script in this movie? Oh yeah, sorry, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> I no, I'm, I'm, that's a real oh, question. Okay. Like, do you do you think there was a script? Because I feel like all of them were just making it up <laughs> yeah. with yeah. varying degrees of success. We're nearly... We're, we're getting through it and I do want to talk about like what, how this movie got made. But I think you're right. I think that they hired... Like they had real money behind it. This movie costs like millions of dollars. And I think they had a script and a director. But I think when you hire Angus McFadden and you hire Eddie Griffin, they go like, this script is shit. I'm just going to say what I want. So Angus McFadden's wearing a robe and playing this weird esoteric like... Scottish. He's no Eddie Griffin. Yeah. No. <laughs> but but he's he's just saying shit. So I feel like maybe there was a line that was like, "Can't we just counterfeit more money?" And they'd be like, "No, what are you stupid?" And he was like, "Machines broke." Right. Yeah. And like well, it was like the like the um the soft serve machine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a McDonald's <laughs> yeah, yeah. counterfeit machine. They're like, no. "Shut up, too late." Yeah. But but so so that's the final thing, right? Like. Angus, uh, Uncle Noss needs to win money so he can pay his debts back. Otherwise, he's essentially going to wake up with a horse head in his bed. But he also seems to not really care. Like they're because he's Zen. Yeah, they're calling him up and they're like, they've got hostages and shit, and they're like, we're going to execute this guy unless you get your money. You're already late. No, nah, I'm doing it. They shoot this guy, and he's just like, yeah, okay. Like I'll, Who I'll try and get the guy? money. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just- he, he's just like the big bad guy that you don't really see properly. 
No, the guy that, but the guy that got shot. Oh yeah, I don't know that, who that fuck that was. I don't was. think he, that he was, was introduced. Was to, that was just some guy, right? We didn't like, meet him. Yeah. No, it was just some guy. They they throw a lot at you. I mean, the, yeah. that guy's an interesting villain. I thought that maybe that might tie into it, but no, he he's just sort of like the off-screen. Well, sort of on-screen there's, there's uh, menace. There's a prequel called Blue Line that's all about him. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, why is it called Red Line? I mean, I he's know. a red Ferrari, the line of a car. Like, whoa, look I at this. Red so Line is when you die, right? And the... the green, that's a green line. No, re- mm. Red Line is, you know, in your speedometer when you get to the, the red oh, line. Oh, okay. Flat line. You're thinking yeah. of flat, flat line. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. All right, well, we, I'm glad we figured that yeah, out because I had right. no idea. Cool, so that's the end of the podcast. Um, so Angus McFadden owes $25 million now to these... This, now, like, is that enough bagger. money for you, Seth? Yeah, they've, they've ramped million. it up. $25 million? Yeah. yeah, that's Would, a bit of money. Okay, but cool. I just... It's, when, that's, when they're worried about $3 million, I just look at the lifestyle. Like, Gerard Butler's lifestyle was ridiculous and the fact that he was so upset over one point five at the start just didn't make any sense. Because yeah. he he lived like a billionaire. Yeah. All that counterfeit money, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but maybe, it's like, you know, you were saying $8,000 doesn't sound like a lot to fix your car, but you're sitting here with, like, platinum records behind you on the wall. We're sitting here in a kitchen with streamers <laughs> over the curtains. So maybe, <laughs> we're, maybe we're coming at it from different angles. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I drive, I drive a Toyota Corolla that yeah. costs $5,000. But I'm just saying... Like for the stakes in them, that would look like a good car. I don't know much about cars, but it, they made a big deal over the eight thousand dollars. Right, yeah. right. They didn't seem to know how much to charge for anything. Yeah, you know. <laughs> what we're trying to say to you, Seth, is would you engage in a car race with us for eight thousand dollars in your Corolla? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> well, he, he hasn't given us the full picture. His Corolla is loaded with NOS. So. <laughs> oh shit! He's got an Uncle NOS. I got so much NOS in that bad boy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we have we have the final big drive. Uh, the ki- <laughs> they kidnap Natasha's mum. They force her to drive, um, but they have the uh, like again. It's a long car race. The funniest part of this is she's winning the race. She's gonna win Angus McFadden the money. She gets to the end of the road and she hears on the phone like Nathan Phillips is like trying to find her mum or whatever. And I guess he's like, she's safe. I got her. Yeah, he's got so, his own fight. So scene that was the main kinda... reason she was racing. Gotcha. So she gets to the finish line oh, right. and she stops short on the finish line. <gasps> so she's like, doesn't take Imagine she misjudged that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're all That's watching so like the, yeah. the camera and it just like stops right, like, you know, the nose of the car taps the finish line but it doesn't cross so she doesn't win because she doesn't need to race anymore she knows her mum is safe and that I guess loses Angus McFadden yes. everything yeah so he loses because yeah. he had high stakes he was trying to get that 25 million dollars back so he could repay his debts and question no dice. why who was the man with the burnt face oh was he, he was. somebody from a was he involved in her father's death? He was the man who was responsible because she has a flashback of his oh, yeah. car tumbling. She's like, it's so the guy. So unnecessary. Yeah. Just, and also, <laughs> for those, you would think that he would be the, it would come down to her and him. That's yeah. Right. But it came down to her and just some guy. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the, the, a guy we have, yeah, new guy. It's so no, dumb. That guy has to fly off the, off the side of, of the mountain and she says have a nice flight as he just Uh, like tumbles to his death and then we get the beautiful oh there's also a point where after nathan phillips has saved natasha they have sex and they've like got a bit of a relationship now so even though she killed his brother he's forgiven her i guess and she's and they're in love anyway so the the race ends the movie's over and you know how there's always like three minutes at the end of a movie that's like Here's how they lived happily ever after. Ah, like, let's wrap some stuff up. This one, this one was really funny to me because it's like <laughs> I don't remember if it's a literal newspaper spin in or if it just shows like someone holding oh, he's, he's a holding copy of Variety, Variety magazine, like the, uh, the entertainment the, news in uh, America. Moving violation. Yeah, and Who it's just thought? yeah, and it's just like cover of Variety. She's a platinum selling artist now. Like that's the that, uh, she's a famous singer. And, and they're like, yeah, I think her album's gone platinum or whatever. And then, so you know that she's successful. And then she gets into a car on the street for some reason with Nathan Phillips. Oh, because the, the guy who was on the phone with is like, now we know where you bought two cars. And it immediately cuts yeah, to the cuts two cars. Yeah, cuts to this. Yeah, so she's rich. She bought two cars. Her and Nathan Phillips like look at each other. And then they're like, 
does one of them say some sort of like I'll race you or yeah I thought you said that this uh, car couldn't be beaten but I thought you said that uh, it depends on the driver and it's like well I'm the one driving it and then he smacks her on the butt yeah and <laughs> also Nathan Phillips never established as a racer through the entirety no, of the movie. No, has, has no. not been okay. in a car the whole oh, movie no. but then but they, he's they, very good now yeah. all of a sudden and yeah. they're just in the suburban streets as well. They're not like out on a highway in the desert. They're no. just speeding through these suburban <laughs> streets for like the last kind of three-minute montage of close-ups of gear sticks and yeah. tires. Well, and it, but she's comfortable with that. He is established as a driver because when he goes on his revenge mission, he gets on his motorcycle right. and oh, just yeah. like Speed. collides into like five different cars, a lot of car crashes. That's true. And then he like... And Painfully slow-mo train jumping scene. Oh, yeah. So long. Uh, I, I, I thought uh, it was I mean, sick. that's that's what it was like in Iraq back then. You, had to, <laughs> you got a lot of motorcycle training. The Iraq war mm. was a confusing time. And mm. then they pass a cop on the highway, and then the cop chases them, and like the movie ends. It's the same cop, though, right? Oh, is oh, it? Oh, yeah. I I probably. I'm pretty sure it was the same cop. Uh, not again. So I, I was going to ask as well, how was the cinematography or like the action sequences with the cars? Were they... It was, fine? Were they, it was okay. I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was pretty well done. Like yeah. it was a lot of split screens. Yeah, I like, I like points, the split screen. That, yeah. was, that was fun. A lot of like shots of like half of the front of a different car to the car it was racing. It was, it was, that was fun. Yeah, but the way it's weird. It was like two different films. Like the, the dialogue scenes were just trash. But then as soon as they got in the cars, I was like... This is shot pretty fucking well, man. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a super cheap movie. Like the they had tons of flashy cars, and I think they belonged to the guy that produced it. A lot of them. Right. So so I'm gonna give some background here. I'm just gonna read straight from the wiki page because this this fascinated me. So the producer Daniel Sadik was a third grade dropout from Lebanon who migrated to the United States where he worked at gas stations and car dealerships. After seeing many mortgage brokers buy cars from the Mercedes-Benz dealership he worked at, uh, he entered the real estate business and set up subprime lending firm Quick Loan Funding in 2002. So five years later, (laughs) they had approved $4 billion in subprime mortgages with his take-home earnings uh, being $5 million a month, right? So he was making fucking tons of money. So he's the big short. He used his he earnings. He's the big short. He that that's part of it. That was the subprime mortgage crisis, right? So he used his earnings to buy several homes in Southern California and Las Vegas. So they probably shot at his house. I reckon Angus McFadden's house was just his house. Um, he also built his collection of expensive supercars and fed his insatiable appetite for gambling. So all of all of right. that kind of makes up the world yeah. of the movie, right? Now, yeah. during this time, he was engaged to the soap opera actress Nadia Bjorlin, who is the main actress in this. And using his lending firm as his source of funding, he produced this, this film to show off his car collection and help his girlfriend break out from the soap opera scene. Um, so... There's a second part to this, obviously, but um, there's also just a fun part where in March 2007, Eddie Griffin participated in a charity race at a speedway to promote this film using an Enzo owned by Sadek. During a practice run, he lost control of the car, crashed into a concrete barrier. He walked away un- uh, unharmed, but destroyed a $1.5 million supercar. Fuck. Oh, my and then, God. And then he was accused of, of doing it as a publicity stunt. <laughs> and and he, went, he lashed out at reporters who were like, did you just do that to promote the movie? And he, he, to which he responded, I'll pull this goddamn airplane over and kick you out. <laughs> yeah. So the legacy um, section of this film is the CNBC did a special called House of Cards all about like the financial crisis and and the crashing of two $500,000 cars for a single scene in this movie is cited as a direct example of the excess of the pre-crash subprime loan market in the mid-2000s. So his, his, his loan funding place had long since crumbled following the film's release and the expected profits from the film were heavily borrowed against. So, like, this movie really oh, no. just helped continue to fuck him over. Um, he lost his escrow, his lending licenses, 
and uh, and over a dozen cases revolved around him. He was sued by Bellagio and Wells Fargo over unpaid debts and repeated cash advances done at gambling resorts worldwide. So he declared bankruptcy like two years after this movie came out. Wow! And of Vanity course. Fair listed this mo- this guy Sadek as number eighty six in their hundred people to blame for the economic <laughs> crisis, <laughs> dubbing him Whoa. Predator Zero in the subprime Whoa. mortgage game. Oh my god! Wow. That's incredible. Big short. So we, we watch these movies that, that are on the 0% list and you're always like, how did this get made? Like, how badly did this do? How much money did it lose people? We're going to have to bleep that. Yeah, this, this lost this guy a lot of, a lot of cash. <laughs> it's copyrighted. And, and destroyed him. So, yeah, fun story. So, so when you watch it, you're, you are watching a car wreck in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a literal car crash. Amazing. I kind of wish... <laughs> I wonder if I wish that I knew that going into the film, <laughs> like if I would have watched it in a different way. Yeah, I I think uh, I think it was good going into this, going all right, Fast and the Furious, and going ah yeah 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 fuck. that's what I thought as well. <laughs> Do you Which, reckon when they made it, they were like, we're gonna have nine sequels to this movie, and we're gonna <laughs> be like, because Fast and the Furious movies still make a billion dollars. But how did they think that? Because everyone was so rubbish, <laughs> apart from Eddie Griffin, who was good in this film? Yeah. Oh, this gotta be. <laughs> Someone. Yeah. I feel bad I for liked... Nathan Phillips because because he came from he went from Wolf Creek, which is like a small Australian film. Right after that, he did another Australian film called Dying Breed, which had Lee Wan L acting in it, and it's about I think it's about Ta- like Tasmanian, Tasmanian tigers or something. No, 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 it was about uh, Tasmanian uh, uh, inbred people oh, who yes. cannibalize people who go into yeah. the forest. I great movie. And then and then he got to do this movie, and what was the other one we talked about? The other American movie that he did around Snakes on a Plane. Snakes on a Plane, right? So Best there was a point ever. where he was really cracking, and he's very similar to Sam. Worthington for me I feel like these two guys they look real similar they kind of fill the same role of Australian but his actor. acting was very bad in this film <laughs> and he had zero charisma when he first meets Nat he remember when they're at the race and he kind of just walks up behind her and just kind of stands there and they, yeah. don't, they didn't give him a line so he just stood there until she acknowledged him and then she kind of just talked at him for about four or five <laughs> lines. And he, that's why I think there was no script. Yeah. They're like, you just got to look hot, yeah. man. Yeah. You just got to be like, you got to be there for her. But not like talk. No one likes that. Yeah, just say she had. It was like she had dialogue, but nobody else did. Because I never had really had a problem with her at all through the whole film. She was no, fine. No, no, no. I, I, I felt like this was like a, her moment to shine. And they, gotcha. kind of, they gave her everything that they could yeah. possibly give her. No you know, weaknesses. No weaknesses. She's nah. she's the, the race guy walker of, of the... Uh, I wonder if she's still with that Sadik guy. I hope so. Has she been in other stuff since? I mean, I would doubt that. I don't let think me, any let big me do things. a quick I check. I think just right. like small things. And these movement violators, were they playing <laughs> like full songs or like enough? They to make play you... like a full song so, at one point, and it, yeah. and it was yeah. Really I think they played a couple, mixed. yeah, all mm. car related, which <laughs> would wear thin for an entire album, you'd think. <laughs> so should we just go through and give it like a rating out of ten? I think I think we've uh, unless I, I uh, does so. anyone have any thoughts they want to throw in or discuss before we just go to our ratings? No, I'm keen to hear to hear some ratings and give it my own. Yeah, I'll give it my best. I uh, my only only thing I like the scene where he got all the guns. He's like, "You still in business? Can you give me guns?" Like, "Do you want to talk about it?" He just keeps asking him, and he's like, "No." And he's like, "Well, that's cool with me, friend." Do you want to, uh, what about my hair? Do I look nice? You look good. And it's like, oh, I I thought that was sweet. Um, I I only had one question. It was how come at the race for one scene the Elvis Presley impersonator was such an instrumental part of the film suddenly. <laughs> I was just wondering what his role was because at first I thought he's just an Elvis impersonator but then he was really putting the screws into the other races and making sure that things were running smoothly and it's like is this his event? Yeah. Why is that? It seemed that way. So yeah, so so in that last race there was there was an Elvis impersonator who was almost like he was like the MC, the MC of the event. Yeah, he's like, but he's you also know, like, you guys better, better get your shit together. You need a driver. <laughs> you need to fix this fucking car. It's like, and I dang. think I think Eddie Eddie Griffin had another awesome line there where I think Eddie Griffin lost a race or something like this, 
And Elvis is like, he was also the guy that had to take make sure that the payments got made between like losing parties. And, and well, Eddie, Griffin, Eddie Griffin turns to him and he's like, man, ain't you dead? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh, all right, Mitch, what do you give this out of 10 and, um, and do find it truly rotten? And we should say for Seth's benefit, we've watched like 30 of these films. So our baseline uh-huh. of what a film is yeah. might be off compared to yours. Right. I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of bad movies mm. uh, before. This one, I think usually though the difference is when you watch bad movies, you kind of just tune out, drink some wine, tune in every now and then and go, oh, that was a piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. To have to watch this so goddamn closely to then do this podcast was fucking excruciating. So <laughs> that's where we get our reputation get as Australia's toughest it's podcast. The hardest podcasting. Oh camera. yeah, that will factor into the rating. Absolutely. <laughs> well, okay. So I think this movie—it's it, hard for me to rate these movies because I'm not rating them against every movie, but against like a Fast and the Furious. And like a ballistics ex versus ever, um, I don't know. This this falls. This falls. I was originally going to give it an eight. I'll be honest. <laughs> but what? but then it. But oh, when I was having fun. <laughs> <laughs> when I was having fun. When this the, my metric is like if I'm chuckling the whole time, I may give a ten on this show. What? But a not 10? not. But this is a different scale. It's like all of these to to be classified as rotten. Every critical review has to have been under five out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Which to me, I was like, could this? Is this not a five? I think this is the perfect five. Yeah, that's this is this Mm. to me rides that line. So I'm going to give it a five. Right. Thanks. (laughs) We accept your rating. I'm actually going to jump on there. I was really bouncing around the low fives, and now I'm thinking, do I want this to count as? fresh or was it 5.5 is fresh it's it doesn't hit a 5.5 i think i'm gonna go with five as well mitch okay because this movie started off fun the thing is we're we're used to this seth we know that the first 20 minutes of a bad movie is very watchable usually oh yeah it's the yeah the next 60 to 100 after that <laughs> where you where you can really regret your life choices and we know that it comes in waves sometimes by the end of the movie I'll come around and I'll be like yeah I'm back in this like mm. there's enough dumb shit that's happened that I that I'm into it so yeah it was right down the middle it definitely was not one of the worst we've watched um, there were parts where I was like it's not good but it's kind of fun and watchable mm. the cars are fast the chicks can sing. Everything I need is like satisfied in this movie. So I'm going to go right down the middle, five. But obviously reading that the guy who made it as a vanity project to show off his own cars, yeah. ripping people off for years and then losing everything also makes it more enjoyable to watch. So uh, Definitely. I, I wish I knew that going into it, like I said. That would have made it more fun, I think. Oh, definitely. Just uh, knowing that this was someone's demise is kind of a bit more fun. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. That's <laughs> a bit of schadenfreude. I think I, I, I'd put it at a 4.5. I really enjoyed... Comparatively, I enjoyed this film. I, I like watched it the whole way through and wasn't i mean we've seen some real stinkers um this one i was able to watch the whole way through and be like oh yeah this is kind of fun and certainly the opening got me ready for fun and then was a little disappointed i'll give it a 4.5 yeah i mean this movie had it all sounds like sounds like this movie had it all sounds like this this movie is a story as old as time and um you know you've got uncle nos and you've got all those other (laughs) elements that we've touched on um it's a 4.4 Wow, beautiful. Seth, how did you feel? Yeah, Seth, take us home. I reckon the first... I'll, I'll, I'll review it in two parts. I yeah, would say right. the first 15 minutes where he's racing around with some super bad... Uh, those red taillight effects that were streaking. The red line, I was like, very clever. There's a red line in a movie called Red Line. <laughs> he's racing around with night vision goggles. There's a bit of slapstick comedy with a cop. There's a lot of tits. I wasn't desensitized to tits yet. <laughs> I was. That was probably a six and a half at that point. I was like, "This is bad, but it's it's gonna it's all gonna be fine." We're having yeah. fun. By the end of the film, I couldn't go higher than a three. I oh, wouldn't feel yeah. good about giving it any more than a three because there was nobody I liked in this film. I apart from Eddie Griffin, but yeah. I think Eddie Griffin was maybe only. 
I should say when Eddie Griffin was on screen, the movie jumped up to a six. <laughs> right. And then when he was off, it was back to a three. I, it's a three. All right. So, so because of the way it ended, you don't get to count in. You don't factor in the beginning score. So you no don't median. You don't, don't average don't, it I've out. I've forgotten it. It's too long. To <laughs> All right. We'll go with a three. Uh, All right. Well, with that said, that kind of brings us to the end. Um, does anyone have like an album that they just dropped that they want to promote on the podcast? I don't think any of us do. No, no. None of us no. four. Um, I could actually. I um, no, it's okay. What? You don't have to. Out, it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. Um, funny you should say that. I just put out an album called Super Cool Treehouse, which you can listen to everywhere at the moment. And um, there's also a, a rap tour. I think you called a rap tour coming up in August. So you can buy tickets for from ZZZ.com. Hell. Wow. Fucking yeah! And so was this. I assume this album was made just the way you make all your albums. Um, just you know, writing songs, spending a lot, lot of time, kind of killing yourself over. Wow, them. I'll stop you there. Okay. Usually, yes. <laughs> oh, usually I would say yes, but this one I actually made the entire thing in ten weeks. I wrote one song every week, and a lot of the beats were sent in just by fans and producers that had only re- really just kind of started. A lot of amateur production. And so it's a, a different way to write an album, but it's uh, I'm very, very happy to have it out. So what's, how does it financially work? Are you just paying a flat rate to use the beat? And then when you turned it into an album, you're like, hey, dude, I already own the beat. I can do whatever I want with it. I paid you 20 no, bucks that during would be clever. quarantine. I, no, I just, basically people just sent me the beats to my, uh, to my email and I just kind of chose ones at random and, and we worked out the back end. Somewhere. Oh, yeah. Now, Seth, you, uh, Jimi Hendrix, the yes. Blues Brothers... The Spice Girls, mm. Seth mm. Century. Yeah, mm. moving violation. Moving <laughs> <laughs> violation. Keep going. Is rock and roll dead? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, good. Good. Thank that you, guys. Close. Thank yeah. you. Are there any songs about cars on it? I think there are. Oh, I think Seth. there is a song about cars. I say I'm putting spikes on the rims. Of my car for the upcoming death race. There's some death race lyrics. Some bars about cars. Bars on cars. There we go. All right. And um, uh, for people that either have never heard your music before, but are like, oh, if I hear a guy on a podcast and he sounds cool, I'll definitely buy his album blind. Can you give us just one good line (laughs) from the album that would like convince someone to buy your album? Um, I'm good at, uh, there's a part where I go, I'm, I'm very good at rapping. And I say that quite a lot, actually. <laughs> that's, a, that's a theme that I come back to time and time again. Well, yeah. if it's true. And you mean it, yeah. right? You're not, you're not saying it facetiously. Sometimes I mean it, yeah. yeah. Now, b- before we go, I did... I For a, pro- lot of t- a lot of other times, it's covering up a deep-seated insecurity. <laughs> yeah. um, or responding directly to criticism. <laughs> yes. My mum my uh, asked me, uh, and I promised her that I would say hi for her. She's a very big fan. She Hello. she lost her mind a little bit, so shout out to Kim. What's up, Kim? Yeah. Hey, little now shout when you out. Say little she shout lost out. her mind. Do you mean she has like? Oh, she's she's gone. Yeah, we, we had to <laughs> lock her up, throw away the key. But hey, I'm so sorry. To get <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll send her the tape. So she's like, I'm hearing voices. Rappers are talking to me on podcasts. <laughs> Well, she listens to everything on, on cassette these days. Okay, so, yeah, so she, she'll be fine. So you got vinyls coming out, Seth? Yeah, we're going to do vinyls um, in three months. Vinyls take forever to get printed. Yeah. Um, so three months' time, we'll do some vinyls. Don't you think it's and, weird uh, that we've lived through the time where like, our parents had vinyls, we went through cassettes, we went through CDs, and now we've seen CDs die and vinyls came back? CDs Dude, I didn't even... I didn't even print CDs for this album because there's literally no no point. I would buy one. If you made one, what would you I do would with buy it, though? I you have a CD player? <laughs> I got a he'd CD player. He'd put it on his finger and he'd spin I'd it. I'd be spinning it all day long. I like the way that it refracts yeah. into my eyes. I don't think I even have a CD. No, none of my computers have disk drives. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a crazy time. It's a dead, it's a dead medium. Now, when you got it the is. album mastered, mm. that go, you get a master CD, though, right? No, nah, you just get a master Files? fucking wave file, yeah. Oh, yeah. damn. Okay. All right. DSV file or something. All right. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. That's that's some real insight music. So, Seth, you're the second person to come on the podcast who's won an ARIA. And we've also right? and we've had one person, another who was nominated. So fantastic. You, who, is, who, who are we talking about? Scott Owen from The Living End, the bass player. 
Oh, no shit. That was my first ever live show. Oh, shit. Yeah. Me too. We, yeah. we need to get really? back on wow. the podcast with you. <laughs> so, hang on. That was the bass player? Yeah. Yeah, because that's just a very strong childhood memory is the bass player standing up on his double yep. bass yeah. and me mm. thinking, God damn, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Mm. And, the, wow. and the, the other ARIA nominee is Citizen K. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah we toured together. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he right. would have... In fact, you probably came to the show, right? Yeah, I was, the show? I was there. I was there. I, I, I didn't get tickets. Yeah. <laughs> His mum wouldn't buy him tickets. My mum wouldn't buy me tickets. She's like, it's only for me, all right? I only have one. <laughs> and we had the Blues Brothers on that time as That's well. That's right. And yeah. Jimmy Hendrix. Dan yeah. Aykroyd and John Belushi. <laughs> All right, thanks, Seth. No problem. Thanks for having me, man. This is fun. Oh Thank yeah, you're you so also much, you're streaming on Twitch a lot now. So so people know you as a rapper. Yeah. Some people might not know you, but you're a Twitch streamer. Yeah. You're a you're a video game aficionado. Yeah. Um, you're a former pop vinyl collector. Yes. Recovering. And then you're <laughs> you're a current bodybuilder. Does that sum it all up? That, that, that'll do it <laughs> Can I ask uh, What are you playing At the moment um, I'm playing a game Called Hades A lot Oh I okay. need to play that um, It's I've fantastic been, That's on my list um, And just hanging out For Halo Infinite That's the, that's really the Hell yeah I think it's free Multiplayer now Oh my god so It looks amazing Just putting dude. that shit out It looks sick I'm so excited uh, You ever tried Solitaire <laughs> I, ha- I have Yeah I was a big Solitaire fan. That and Minesweeper Is the ultimate Hell yeah <laughs> Hell yeah Love that. And have okay. a pretty meaty graphics card for those. Oh, especially when it bounces around the screen at the end. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can have a quad core. Yep. All, All right. right. Cheers, Seth. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks so much for coming, awesome. man. Cheers.